you hear me? There we, there go. we go. Cool, cool. Do you got the notes? No. Really? I just sent it to you. Did you? I yeah, I just checked, texted you and sent you the email. Unless I oh. sent it to someone else. <laughs> I just saw the getting set up part. I didn't realize that there was documentation behind that. Please hold. I, I always need to double check because there's one person apparently in my contacts uh, with the name very similar, very close to yours, who I haven't spoken to in like 10 years. I would be very surprised to get <laughs> random Google Docs. All right. Week three and a half update. Let's go. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Two best um friends. Oh, wait. Keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs. Or the Colt. Or, wow. The Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking. Just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force as a Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> suddenly cried out into a silence. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another exciting episode of the 2M Football Show Got a special guest here with me today, the one and only Matt. What? <laughs> change up the casting a little bit. Yeah, right. We decided to give something a little bit different this time. You know, it's always Matt and Mike, but now it's Mike and Matt. Because we have other friends, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> I don't believe it. Even though they haven't appeared on the show since like season two <laughs> or season it's one. I. <laughs> Anyway, moving on, um, we're back to recap another exciting week of NFL action, and we'll do it as always with um, starting with week three headlines with a bunch of upsets around the league this week. Uh, checking this on week our playoff. made no sense. It was uh, yeah, this week was drunk. Uh, we'll checking out our playoff sleepers, which uh, spoiler alert, they all look pretty bad except for one of yours, uh, which we'll get to, and then a very very. Very extra special Fantasy Corner edition where we will preview our head-to-head matchup in our Fantasy League this week. We'll what? reveal the details of our karaoke bet, which uh, I'm very excited about either way. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's jump into the Week 3 recap, then starting with some headlines. The uh, Super Bowl performer for this year's big game was announced, and it will be Usher. I thought it would be Taylor Swift the way she's been getting all the headlines around the league lately uh, (laughs) dating uh, Travis Kelsey, but um, it is in fact Usher. So that's exciting. Another kind of throwback to, I don't know, is he still relevant? I feel like not really, but he was a, he was a thing. Uh, It always makes me were growing up. Right. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It makes me think of like being a young college kid in the the club or whatever. Not that I did, not that I went to the club, but you know, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, but that's fine. Hey, the Jets signed a quarterback. I mean, making waves here. If it had been anyone except Trevor Simeon, it might have made a wave. <laughs> um, more on that later. Head coach uh, Robert Sala keeps saying that Wilson, Zach Wilson, is the unquestioned starter. And, um, and apparently the defense isn't happy about that. Yeah, it's, you know, high drama. 
in New York. We had we nearly had a new record set for points in a single game, a record that has stood since 1966 when the Washington Redskins put up 72. The Dolphins had 70 points with like half a quarter to go. Could have kicked a field goal to get the record. Took a knee on fourth down instead. Super lame. I mean, that's just a little bit of like compassion you can have at that point. Like, I get what's three points, but you already scored 70. (laughs) They could have stopped after like the first quarter and they would have won the game. So, what blew my mind is there were people saying how like uncool it was of Mike McDaniel to keep like running the score up, so to speak, but they were doing it on the ground. Right, they were trying to stop scoring points. Denver just had no interest or no ability to, to, to make a tackle. Um, but anyway, we, that would have been just fun all around, I think, if they would have set the new record. But alas, they didn't. And I guess, sure, if you want to say the Broncos saved, they spared them some shred of dignity that they won't go into the history books. <laughs> uh, we did see the first... Uh, NFL kickoff returned touchdown by a fullback. So yeah, there was some, his, some history made this week. Um, but like I said, this last week was the week of injuries. This was the week of upsets for me. And uh, after all the results are in, we're down to just three undefeated teams, the Dolphins, Eagles, and 49ers. And four teams who have yet to win a game. And weirdly, these teams all go head-to-head this week. The Broncos face off against the Bears, and then the Vikings take on the Panthers. All those teams are 0-3. So I think what baffles me about that is I keep sending you those, the Viking stats, how Kirk Cousins yeah. and Justin Jefferson are on pass to like set NFL records for right. passing yards and receptions and receiving yards, and yet they're projected an 0-17 record. Like They're on pace for that at this point. Yeah, it is. Like, how incredible crazy. would that be to set records in one way and then be 0-17? Like, to me, that shows that it's not the offense. Absolutely not. Even Madison got his butt in gear this week, and the ground game worked. Um, but actually, that's a nice segue. Let's talk about our playoff sleepers, starting with those very Vikings who were against the also winless Chargers, a game played in Minnesota. Entertaining game, no defense to be found on either side. Actually, except right at the end. Chargers almost blew it, though. If it wasn't for that, that that interception saved. Brandon Staley, yes. Career. (laughs) And it's all because that pass got tipped at the line. Right. It's not even Cousins' fault. I think it got tipped twice, actually. It deflected and then into the arms of a defender. Pretty lucky. And what drives me nuts is everyone's like, well, the Vikings can't win close games. That was pure, <laughs> unadulterated luck that that happened. Because if that didn't happen, the I mean, Vikings be, would have yeah. even kicked a field goal at, you know, anything. And they would have won it regardless. Yeah. Yeah, it was unlucky. And last year they won all these one-score games. This year they're own three and every single one has been a one-score game. So you could argue they're paying the price for their maybe their good fortune last year when all those close games went their way. Uh, now they're talking about Cousins as a trade candidate, and I think that would be the most – I mean, I love chaos in the NFL. You know, how about Kirk Cousins to the Vic, to the Jets? <laughs> how long would that be? It would – to me, if well, they just signed Trevor Simeon, so I don't know how much validity yeah. there would be there. Yeah. But did you also see the thing where I sent you about the Jets that Carson Wentz, like – 
I guess, reached out to them, and they were like, now nah, we're good. <laughs> Carson Wentz reached out. Colin Kaepernick reached out. He sent me the other clip of uh, Robert Griffin III, who's on, who's an analyst now, but he was pitching himself for the job because he's only probably like 30. <laughs> that, uh, Yeah. But no, the, the, the Jets said, we're good. We're good with Wilson. And so Cousins would, Cousins would be fine, but I just don't know if after signing Simeon and Rodgers, even though Rodgers is out for the season, like you still got to factor. They did sign him. Yes. Can they really afford Cook per Cousins? Yeah, probably not. I think he is on the last year of his fully guaranteed contract, so there's not much wiggle room in terms of the and what's, money. And I don't know. The Vikings, it's not It's not the offense that's killing the Vikings. It's the defense. Yeah, yeah. I really might may have overestimated the impact Brian Flores could have, uh, at least in year one, where he's trying to implement his system to a bunch of new guys, a bunch of acquisitions in the offseason. Uh, it's not going well so far. Your Steelers. That being said, a defense that was on fire. Uh huh. The Steelers. What? Where did where did this come from? (laughs) Um, not only did they pick off Jimmy G twice, but I believe at least one of them was a pick six. Was it? I may have missed it. I don't know. I didn't. I know one of them was at least a pick six because I was sitting at the bar with my buddy John. And I look up and I just see Jimmy G throw it right into the defender's hands and run it back. And it was like, oh, well, that game's over. (laughs) Yeah, four sacks of Jimmy G as well. I think two of them by TJ Watt. Um, Still looking kind of shaky on offense, uh, especially the run game looks very poor for Pittsburgh. But George Pickens looks like a, a budding superstar wide receiver. He was a high draft pick of theirs, I think, last year. And uh and with Deontay Johnson out, he's been their number one guy, and he and Pickett are really starting to build some chemistry there, and he looks incredible. And the Steelers, yeah, two and one. I think they're tied at the top of the – actually, is every team two and one in the AFC North? That's looking like no, a really – not the Bengals. No. That's right, one and two. They did get off the off the snide, so to speak, with their first win on Monday night. But, yeah, your Steelers were our only playoff sleeper between the two of us to get a win this weekend. Sorry. Let me look at mine and do a little quick math here. My playoff sleepers were outscored by a combined 107 to 23. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at your pain. We can cover this in about 30 seconds. Everything good that the Commanders did in their Week 2 win, ironically, over the Broncos, everything went completely the other way in their home loss at the hands of the Bills. Howell threw four picks. One per quarter, so very that's consistency. It was also sacked nine times. He was the last quarterback to throw a pick (laughs) in each one of the quarters. And there's only four quarterbacks that have done this, and three of them belong to one stupendous guy that you are always on board with. And who is, once again, a starter in this league, (laughs) Jameis Winston. Not a guy you want to share the record books with. (laughs) Oh, when I saw that, I thought that was one of the greatest things I think I may have ever read. It's almost unbelievable. I mean, because obviously there have been quarterbacks who threw four picks in a game, but one per quarter. Uh, it's only and, happened four times, and three of them were done by Winston. <laughs> Congratulations, Sam Howell. You now share that illustrious company. <laughs> and, uh, it was the commander's first loss in the season, so they're still 2-1. and one. Not a total disaster, but you know what is a total disaster? Sean Payton and the Broncos. I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> 20- I feel like... 
I feel like the Broncos will be committed to Peyton as a coach, but this entire team from top to bottom just looks like a train wreck. I mean, they had to give the Saints, I think, a first round pick just to to get the rights to sign Peyton. Plus, the you know, I'm sure he's one of the highest paid coaches in the league. So, yeah, you're right. They're not going to cut bait. And they're also stuck with Russell Wilson, who, to be fair, that well, part that of thing, the question, better. are they going to take a hit and potentially like, I think Sean Payton wants to bench Russell Wilson personally. <laughs> well, but the question is, yeah. do you have the audacity to do such a thing? And what kind of impact does that have? I mean, the defense dropped the ball on this one big time. Oh my I mean, goodness. Broncos put up 20 points. That's not a huge number, but, you know, in a league that scores, it could have kept it tight. But this defense could not stop the run to save their lives. And the defense has been, you know, they gave up 35 to the commanders last year. So I think this defense is not what not what we thought, or certainly not at least what I expected. Uh, it's been a strength of the team for, you know, the last several years. That definitely doesn't look like the case. Um, and... Yeah, I put this as a joke because, like, for reasons we just discussed, they're not going to fire Sean Payton. But this time last year, Denver was 2-1 and one with Hackett. Just saying. Oh, <laughs> as that be now, words there. 0-3. Oh, and three. and uh, they play the Bears this week. That's the only saving grace. Uh, I saw somebody said that that game should air on Wednesday at 3 a.m. Because <laughs> nobody wants to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Let's touch on a few other games here. The Packers made an epic comeback from 17-0 to down in the fourth quarter to the Saints. Um, I won't go through all these notes, but it was awesome. Like, the first three quarters, the offense looked terrible, disjointed, couldn't do anything, but then Love kicked it into gear in the fourth quarter. And even, you know, I wouldn't even put it all on him because I saw a lot of drops, a lot of contested balls that went the defense's way. They... Defender got his hand in there, or the you know receiver wasn't quite strong enough to hold on. And credit the Saints' defense, because they're a really good unit. And it should also be noted that the Packers were without Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, and Elton Jenkins. Uh, none of those guys played in this game. So give them a little slack for that reason as well. But it was an awesome comeback. Love played great. And uh, the Saints still almost won it at the end, uh, or at least could have put themselves back in front with a minute to go. But they missed the field goal, and Love got to take the victory formation in front of the home crowd, the Packers' home opener on the season, and just a really great uh, moment. And I think it showed a lot of character from the team's perspective. You know, the uh, I think the true test for Green Bay is going to be this Thursday against, shockingly, the Detroit Lions. I never I, thought I'd be saying that. I'm so excited for this game, yeah. But a divisional rival, a, a team that in the past couple of years has gone from one of the laughing stocks of the NFL to one of the feistiest and most rowdy teams. And the competition in our division has gotten exciting. I mean, I thought the Vikings would be in this mix, too. I did, too. Yeah, we both picked them to win it. but uh... I'm, not, uh, I'm not counting them out just yet, but like the Vikings can put up points, which doesn't count them out. The only team that can't do anything right, it seems, <laughs> is their friends to the south. Or south of me, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
in the, the great city of Chicago. I don't know what the hell y'all got going on down there, but uh, <laughs> not much. No offense, no defense, no, no coaching. But I think this Thursday is going to be a real test for the team as a whole. Yeah, um, Lions got a nice win over the Falcons, held them to six points, and did what uh, at least the Packers couldn't do: <laughs> they shut down the running game with Bijan Robinson. So. Their defense might be better than uh, I was giving them credit for as well. Uh, it's such a fascinating game Thursday, and we'll hit on it in just a minute in the preview. Uh, a couple other games here. The Colts beat the Ravens in overtime, despite Anthony Richardson missing the game with a concussion. Minshew mania in full effect. Um, Ravens <laughs> Ravens are struggling. A very unconvincing 2-1 and one record. <laughs> yeah. Elsewhere in the, upset, in the upsets were... How about the Texans on the road in Jacksonville, not only beating their division rival, but beating them by 20 points, uh, 37 to 17. And this is the game where the Texans fullback returned a kickoff for a touchdown. It was a weird kickoff, a short kick that bounced right in front of the the fullback. Was, wasn't meant to field it, obviously. He was sort of maybe five to seven yards in front of the return man just as a blocker. But it was short. It went to him. He kind of muffed it at first but then picked it up and <laughs> i turned the corner and the rest is history just awesome and that that was you could argue that was uh almost a game-changing play there because the jaguars were down they just kicked a field goal we're trying to build a little momentum but this touchdown put them back on top by two scores two touchdowns and shout out to cj stroud 191 oh. completions without an interception through three games he is looking like the real deal. Yeah, he looks really good. Uh, so nice win for the Texans and very unexpected. Uh, but maybe even more unexpected <laughs> was the Cowboys traveling to Arizona. The team that we were all laughing at just a couple weeks ago, they played every game tough. And they got their first win holding the Cowboys to 16 points and, and putting up 28 themselves against this defense. Uh Part of that has to be due to them losing Dallas, uh, losing Trevon Diggs, their top cornerback, towards ACL in practice leading up to the game. He's done for the season, and it is a huge blow. Uh, he's a great player on this defense, one of the best in the league, and a big play defender as well. Um, so that is a big loss for them, and it may have played a part in here. And the, the Cardinals, I just want to take – a minute here to go through the story of Josh Dobbs. They're starting. All right. Okay. Buckle up. It's a long one. Even though he's only been in the league five years, he's, he's been around, been around the block. He was a fourth round pick by the Steelers back in 2017, traded to the Jaguars two years later in 2019, after losing out on the Steelers backup job to Mason Rudolph, who I, I think is, is he still? No, Trubisky's the backup now. I don't know what became of Mason Rudolph. Uh, suffice to say, Dobbs looks a lot better than Rudolph has ever looked at any point in his career. Uh, but then the Jaguars cut Dobbs in 2020. He came back to the Steelers, uh, but got placed on IR before the 2021 season even started. So fast forward to 2022, signs a one-year deal with the Browns, and then was cut uh, halfway through the season when Deshaun Watson's suspension ended. Uh, but then he joined the Lions practice squad in December of 2022, was then signed by the Titans and actually started their last couple of games with Ryan Tannehill injured and Malik Willis uh, sucking. And then he <laughs> went back to the Browns in March 2023 until the Cardinals traded for him 
on the 24th of August, which was like two weeks before the season started. And he's been their starter. And uh, what a journey for the guy who's still only 28 years young. Just got this team their first win and can't even buy his own jersey in their pro shop. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's like a veteran journey. And like, I don't know, that's a lot of bouncing around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And all of it without ever really getting a chance to be a starter. But he played great in this game. And the Cardinals have been frisky all year long to this point. He had a 43-yard run on a read option keeper early in the game. Only had four incompletions in the entire game against the Cowboys. 189 yards and a touchdown. Uh, big help from his running back, James Conner, who averaged seven yards per carry. and was From my bench. From <laughs> Yeah, ouch. That's a problem when you've got too many good players. You don't know which ones to start. You've oh, got to do it. Suck this week. <laughs> well, and uh, the Cowboys' offense, for their part, they were pretty good. They moved up and down the field all day, but they couldn't punch it in in the red zone. They settled for field goals. They had a failed uh, fourth down attempt, and Dak threw an uh, end zone interception late in the game that kind of sealed their fate. So huge win for Arizona and. They have pulled themselves out of the laughing stock of the league uh, position. That is now shared by two teams going head to head this week <laughs> the Bears and Broncos. All right, we got to quickly talk about Patriots 15, Jets 10, just because it was another terrible game from Zach Wilson. Completed 50% of his passes. Longest play was only 29 yards. Uh, the running backs also only combined for 36 yards on 20 carries, which is less than two yards per attempt. I mean, it's a, it's a familiar story already. The defense getting frustrated, um, frustrated with Salah for sticking with Wilson this long. I mean, this long. It's only been three games, but they have been three terrible, terrible games. Uh, there are feelings that any other quarterback would have been benched by now. And you also saw on the sideline multiple instances during this game of players and coaches getting into, uh, let's just call it heated discussions on the sideline yeah it's just it seems like Sala was trying to do great things and he was putting the pieces together and now it's all coming apart at the seams when you lose culture in a, in a locker room no matter how good the players you bring in there's nothing that can repair that yeah and people have been arguing the point that it's it's almost disrespectful to the rest of these guys you know almost wasting their time putting a guy like Zach Wilson in charge when you, who really doesn't give you much of a chance. Uh, it doesn't help that this offensive line looks terrible as well. That was the reason for Rogers injury in the first place. Uh, so yeah, that's, and they signed Simeon uh, presumably to be the backup. Salah keeps saying Wilson is his guy and there's no reason to doubt that based on that signing. I still think, I mean, they probably, it probably won't happen now because they did bring in Simeon, but the rest of this roster is good enough, I think, to make the playoffs uh, with even a mid-level backup level, or sorry, mid-level backup quarterback play. You know, Bridgewater, Henneke, Brissett, Mike White, who was here last year. You know, I think any of these guys could be had for a mid to late round pick in a trade and give them competent play to uh, maybe enable them to, to compete at least. Or just something like something other than Wilson. <laughs> yes. All right. 
on that note, let's take a quick break. Come back with the week four preview. And we're back to in football here, Mike and Matt. Fastest commercial break ever. Yeah, sorry. I had nothing to really say in the break. (laughs) (laughs) Week four preview presented, as always, by Mike's Watchability Index. and Trademark pending. Mm Mm-hmm. So how about I kick this off? We'll let it be a surprise to Mike when he comes back while he goes and does whatever he's going to do. So Mike kicks it off with the Dolphins and Bills. 3-0 Dolphins, the 2-1 Bills. It's a noon kickoff game, and it's a battle between what could possibly be AFC heavyweights, divisional rivals. These guys are going to be a contention in the postseason now no matter what. Um, the, the Bills have kind of gotten one over on Miami in the postseason. Uh, last year, but Miami's offense has been hot. This mad scientist of Mike McDaniels has been unbelievable. And Miami has some of the fastest players on the on a single roster in the NFL. And they balance the air attack with the ground attack, so it's very, very hard to beat. Um, the Bills are feisty. They, you, can, you can't really count them out. The uh, you know, the week one sort of rust gets knocked off and weird things always happen the first week or two and the teams start to find their footing and it seems like the Bills are getting back into shape. They're getting back into what we know from them. As long as Josh Allen can continue to keep his passes accurate, the only thing concerned I have is the Bills ground game. Uh, it's always been a, a point of weakness, in my opinion, for them, but the hot streak that Miami's on against this Bills, I really can't argue against it. So I have to take the Dolphins. And, uh, Mike, that will be my eliminator pick, too. Okay, I'm back. What was all that chatter I heard while I was uh, away? I, I broke down the Dolphins and Bills, and now we're waiting on you to uh, weigh in. Did you say the Dolphins and they're your eliminator pick? Yes. That is uh, very bold. But who am I to talk after I was eliminated in week two? But yeah, I just I broke down the game while you were off. I don't know what you were doing. Oh, I can't pick them. I already picked them. Well, maybe you should just flip to the other side. I have the Bills to win this game. I'm still sticking with the Dolphins. Okay. I picked them last week to win. That was a good choice. That was. I mean, how do you count out the guys who just put up 70? All right. I'll let my pick be a surprise now. You'll never know until we get there. Okay. Sorry about that. My goodness, you keep disappearing. I thought I was going to have to go two for two on breakdowns. Like, this, oh, is, I, this is, I'm out of my element here. I make snappy <laughs> remarks. I give well, insightful thanks, advice. Thanks for bringing some analysis today, too. Um, all right. Second on my list is Lions at Packers. And this is the Thursday night game. Uh, both teams two and one. They're tied for the division lead. Um, Packers need to get healthy. That's like their number one thing. And I'm hoping that some of their guys they held out on Sunday were knowing that they had a short week to prepare that hopefully just saving them for this game. A very important Vital, crucial, you could say, divisional game, especially given they're at home at Lambeau. Um, from what I understand, 
Aaron Jones and Christian Watson have a good chance to return, which would be a huge, huge boost. Jordan Love has been having to get it done with, I was going to say a bunch of rookies, but uh, Watson is just a second-year player himself. And, uh, yeah, it's a big test. Big test for this defense, especially, because you got Jared Goff slinging it. Amon Ross St. Brown is just about unstoppable. And uh, Jameer Gibbs, the exciting rookie running back. I'm going to go with the Packers. way does the wind blow, Mike? I'm going with the Packers just because they're at home and because I'm blatantly um, just showing my homerism there. But what do you think? I have Detroit with this one. Um, Even with the fact that Watson and them can return, I never like to trust first game back. These guys haven't played. Aaron Jones has been banged up. Hamstrings are always, always really iffy injuries considering, yeah. you know, you don't know how often they can flare up. So the question is, is can they last a full game? The other thing is it's a big test for the Packers defense. Um, yeah, absolutely. Detroit, Detroit can put points on the board, but vice versa, Detroit can also give up a lot of points. But with that being said, I, I have, I feel like Detroit's got this one, so I'm not only going to pick them to win, but they are going to be my eliminator pick. Oh, man, why don't you play it safer? Uh, once again, I have no ground to stand on criticizing your pick, though. So. <laughs> yeah, if I'm honest, my head says Lions, but my heart says Packers, and that's what I'm going to go with. Ravens okay. at Browns, the next one up. Um, the Browns' defense has just been incredible so far. In the, so they're 2-1. and one. Both these teams are 2-1. and one. And in the one loss that the Browns had, they the offense gave up 14 points on a pick six and a fumble return touchdown. Uh, so the, the defense has been getting it done. Obviously, they don't have Nick Chubb at running back anymore. Uh, Jerome Ford has been okay, and they signed Kareem Hunt. So they're trying to address things that way. Deshaun Watson maybe showed some signs of improvement last week, uh, albeit against Tennessee, who have a terrible secondary. So... Uh, you know, the offense I'm still kind of questionable on. Uh, the defense is legitimate, though. Miles Garrett is just a game wrecker right now, and, and I doubt the Ravens can really cope with him. But they, the good news for the Ravens is that they have Lamar Jackson, who is one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league. Uh, they're still, you know what they also have? I think the most injured players. I, I think you're right. I feel injured. like this is every year. Is it not just me, or does it feel like every year Baltimore's like, injury list by week four is like incredible i mean by the end of preseason usually they've lost a bunch of guys to acls and but but yeah you're right it just grows every week they've got more and more guys out and uh that's definitely a big concern and i'm taking the browns to win this i am as well there's just there's just too much piling up too early for baltimore it's not like You've been able to rotate people through and get some experience. Some of these guys are probably going to be taking some of their first snaps or their first tens of snaps. Right. We talked about in the preseason how it looked like they had a better receiving core than ever, at least in terms of the time that Jackson has been there. But Odell is already hurt. Rashad Bateman is hurt. So they're already down to just Mark Andrews and the rookie. um, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, thank you. I knew you would know because he's on your team uh, and you have a vested interest in him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You were all in Baltimore. and How's that working out? <laughs> well, they've also lost their top three running backs. Again. Dobbins, the year. Wasn't Justin, this two years ago? They had yeah. like 
like it had to be Lamar Jackson running because everybody else was injured. It's just it's wild. It's I don't know what's going on there. But um yeah, gotta go with the Browns for all those reasons. Uh Rams at Colts is a surprisingly interesting game. The Rams one and two, Colts are two and one. I think both of these teams I mean, one and two, not a great record, but I think the Rams have looked better than we expected, <laughs> especially given that they haven't had Cooper Cup, their uh, top receiver, and uh, the Colts are coming off that big upset of those Ravens we just discussed, playing solid defense with a good run game led by Zach Moss, of all people, while Jonathan Taylor is still on IR. Uh, for Col- for the Colts, we'll need to check on uh, Richardson. Will he clear the concussion protocol? Otherwise... I mean, obviously, it's a completely different skill set. Minshew's not going to be running for multiple touchdowns the way Anthony Richardson can, but he's more than capable. He's a great backup to have. The Jets would kill for Minshew as their quarterback right now. Right. (laughs) And uh, the Rams, after that good start, uh, they looked very, very bad against the Bengals. I think Stafford was sacked six times through a couple picks. I'm going with the Colts at home. I'm taking the Rams to bounce back on this game. I hope you're right. Puka Nakua. Oh, and you've got their running back, so. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Patriots are 1-2, and two, visiting the 2-1 and one Cowboys in Ezekiel Elliott's revenge game against his former team who cut him loose uh, this past offseason. In addition to losing Trayvon Diggs, the Cowboys' offensive line is actually pretty banged up, too. Their starting center is out, and I think they signed someone just for depth. Uh, the Patriots' defense... Still really good. While we have questions about Mac Jones, uh, I'm taking the Cowboys. I have the Cowboys. I just don't think there's enough weapons around Mac Jones. And even with Trayvon Diggs out, this Cowboys defense is still a force to be reckoned. And I don't think that the current state is going to be up to the task. Yeah, yeah. You've still got Micah Parsons on that side uh, doing Miles Garrett-esque things (laughs) for the Cowboys. So uh, I think the Patriots will have a hard time. Seahawks at Giants, the Monday night game is the one I've got next. The Seahawks are two and one, Giants one and two. Um, thankfully, we're back to just one Monday night game per week. Uh, I don't know what they are doing there when there's two and they overlap. Just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't get it. Anyway, the Giants have they were terrible games. <laughs> yeah, right. At least they saved the worst for last. Uh, the Giants have had a few extra days of preparation since playing on Thursday uh, last week. Hopefully, that's enough time for Saquon Barkley to heal up. But it sounds like uh, early indications are he won't be ready to come back here. Um, in terms of the Seahawks, Geno Smith and the offense picked up right where they left off last year. Kenneth Walker doing crazy things on the ground. Uh, but they're as good as their offense has been, the defense has been equally bad. So it's a interesting team there. And uh, I think I'm, I don't remember who I took. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks, but I think this game is going to be a little bit higher than people think in terms of scoring with the, with the Seahawks defense and the Giants defense really not being able to do a whole lot. I feel like that gives opportunity for the offenses to kind of shine a little bit more. So don't be surprised if this is, you know, in the twenties on both sides. Best Monday night game of the year so far. Is that what you're predicting? (laughs) I feel like it's going to be the most exciting. Sounds good to me. I like it. Uh, The Cardinals are one and two travel to, well, not actually San Francisco, but they're taking on the 49ers. And I forget whatever city their stadium's actually in. 
Uh, like we talk, uh, talked about, the Cardinals have actually played well in all three of their games, you could argue, and got a big win last week. Um, but I think Only they're tank- for their hopes to get crushed and dashed. <laughs> right. I think their tank job uh, gets back on track in this game. Can I assume you're taking the 49ers too? Yes. Okay. Next up, Bengals at Titans. Both teams are one and two. And once again, the Titans are the most confusing team in the league to me. They beat the Chargers somehow in week two. Uh, score like 27 points. Then they come back to put up just 125 total yards of offense against Cleveland last week and scored just three points. And Derrick Henry had like 20 yards. It's just, I don't understand. And uh, Joe Burrow dealing with that calf injury. um, He still played the game uh, against the Rams. Looked, you know, not quite his usual self. I saw a lot of inaccurate passes and obviously he's not able to move much around the pocket or get outside of the pocket at all. Uh, and the Titans have a good run D, but that's about it. I'm taking Cincinnati. Yeah, I have Cincinnati as well. I just don't think this, this like you said, Tennessee is just confusing. It's hard to pick what they're even capable of doing right now versus even with Burroughs' calf injury, I feel like the weakened secondary of Tennessee gives way for the receivers of Cincinnati to have a big day. Yep, agreed on that. Uh, next up again. Got Steelers at Texans, the two and one Steelers. Uh, Texans are at one and two coming off their first win of the season. Like we said, Stroud has been really good, and he has what looks like actually a decent group of uh, receivers there with Nico Collins, uh, Tank Dell, and Robert Woods. They've been all getting it done. Uh, it'd be great if they could get Damian Pierce going on the ground a little bit, but that's just me being selfish. <laughs> uh, we've already talked about how the Steelers defense is really good uh, led by TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick at safety on the back end um, yeah, Kenny Pickett and the offense need to get it together a little bit more, uh, especially on the ground game and uh, yeah, Texans flying high after that win, I still gotta go with the Steelers though I'm gonna take the Texans on this one, I'm going against my uh, sleeper pick Yeah, just because uh, I feel like the momentum that the Texans have can carry over. I yeah, do agree that the ground game is a big questionable thing for Pittsburgh. Both teams really. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I like an underdog here and I feel like with the Houston being the underdog, I believe in this one, I'm going to go with them. Yeah. And the Steelers don't have the offense to blow them away completely. Uh, they're not going to put up a ton of points either. So they, they've got a chance for sure. Uh, next, I've got Commanders at Eagles. I was a lot more excited about this actually before what happened to Washington last week. <laughs> They're still <laughs> two and one. Eagles, one of the undefeated teams at three and zero. Oh. It's hard, really hard, to imagine this going well um, after what the Bills did to them. And actually, this other thing I wrote isn't even true. Uh, the Eagles' pass defense was a bit vulnerable the first two weeks, but they absolutely smothered Baker Mayfield and uh, the the Bucks. I know. I was getting nervous because I took them over the Dallas defense. Mm. Yeah, they look good. I mean, we know they're starting to right the ship there. Yeah, yeah. And we know the front seven is monstrous for the Eagles. Their D-line is still probably the best and deepest in the league with the uh, that rookie they took in the first round or one of them. I think they had two first round picks. But Jalen Carter, I think his name is the D-lineman, is is just a monster. It's not even fair. Uh, These (laughs) Eagles are good. And yeah, taking them over my sleeper commanders. Uh, okay, Bucks at Saints. Both teams two and one in this interdivisional battle in the NFC South. 
Uh, looks like it's going to be Jameis Winston with Derek Carr injured. Oh your boy. <laughs> going against the team that drafted Can him. Can he make it to number five on the list? <laughs> Here's a bold prediction. He will not throw one interception per quarter. Because yeah, of four interceptions. <laughs> yeah, but they're all going to be bunched together at the start of the game, get it out of his system, and then throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns, too, as the uh, Saints take care of business here. I'm taking New Orleans. I'm sticking with Tampa Bay. I like Baker Mayfield. I like what the team's been doing. Um, and without Carr, I feel the Saints are a little bit shakier. Saints are getting, I forgot to put it in the notes, Alvin Kamara is back from suspension, so this will be his first game of the year. Does that change your mind? No. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, moving on. The 2-1 and one Falcons taking on the 1-2 and two Jaguars in London. Oh, first, it begins. First game of the season across the pond. Did you know uh, the Jaguars are playing back-to-back games in London? I did not. They're there. They're there this upcoming weekend and then in week five as well. Huh. I mean, so we know they're going to stay over there. I, that's what I wonder. I feel like that's the most practical thing, right? Why would you fly all the way back and deal with the jet lag again? Because it would be fair then. It would be fair if they got to stay. Then they get all <laughs> like adjusted. I mean, that's like having home field advantage in a way. That's true. I mean, and, and speaking of home field advantage, I'm pretty sure Jacksonville has played the most games in London of all the NFL teams. And, and I believe home- they won last time they were there. Their their owner owns a Premier League uh, soccer club as well, so they're they've got they're weirdly tied to London. <laughs> Whether they want to be or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me though, I absolutely love the 8:30 a.m. kickoff time. That's just exciting. I mean, that's usually when I am watching soccer. But I think um, I think Tottenham plays on Saturday, so there won't be any conflict of interest there. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's also Calvin Ridley revenge game. This is the week. We haven't even said those words this year. This is the week for revenge games. Um, Calvin Ridley, now a member of the Jaguars, going up against the team that drafted him originally in the Falcons. Uh, Jaguars need to bounce back after back-to-back losses to the Chiefs, which is understandable. But then a uh, shocking loss, blowout loss to the Texans last week. So they, they need to uh, get back in the win column here. And the Falcons actually suffered their first defeat uh, last week at the hands of Detroit. Intriguing. With that being said, I'm, I'm still taking Jacksonville. Me too. Me too. I'm st- I would still pick them to win the division, um, <clears throat> despite the fact that they're tied for last place in it now. All right. Chiefs at Jets. The Sunday night game. Do we really have to go into analysis of this one? <laughs> I'm sure the people at NBC were licking their lips at the thought of this matchup in the preseason. Doesn't look quite as exciting now that Rodgers is gone. <laughs> because the Chiefs have a legitimate defense this year. In years past, it's just been Mahomes and the offense doing magical things and winning in spite of, of their defense. This year, the defense is contributing. They're a big part of the success. Um, yeah. This yeah, is gonna that's be another... exactly how I feel. <laughs> It doesn't. It's not getting any easier in terms of the matchups for Zach Wilson here, since he, since uh, you know, in starting week the Jets have had a really tough schedule. They played the Bills in Week One, the game that they somehow got a, a W. Then they went up against the Cowboys, the Patriots, and now the Chiefs. So it's just a murderer's row of, of defenses here. It's not getting easier at all. 
And uh, obviously I'm taking the Chiefs. And it just feels like only a matter of time before something happens. <laughs> Either Wilson gets benched, Salah gets fired for sticking with him for this long or something. Maybe they sacrifice Hackett again, that poor guy. <laughs> yeah. They brought him in for Rodgers, and now he's got to be like, no, no, <laughs> no. I need somebody that knows how to play football, please. Yeah, right. <laughs> I assume you're taking the Chiefs, too. Absolutely. All right. Raiders at Chargers is next. Both teams one and two in this AFC West division. I feel like this should be a little bit higher. This game is is a little bit more interesting given the Chargers' woes and the question of around Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, this this should definitely be higher because I think it's no going to be a high-scoring high game with uh, probably a lot of fireworks going on, too. There will be very little defense played here. Um Although the Chargers offense gets another blow. They've already been without Eckler since week one, and they lose Mike Williams, their wide receiver, to an ACL tear uh, last I mean, week. Mike Williams is out every year. With He's all, yeah. yeah. Uh, Austin Eckler clearly is missed because Joshua Kelly can't run a football. <laughs> so, it's amazing, actually, how bad he is. <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm like, not just from a fantasy perspective, but like, you don't get on a team like that or teams with really good running backs, you don't get opportunities often to really stake a claim or even increase the value if you were to get traded. Right. 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 Like, what are you doing, dude? I just, yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely not making the most of his opportunity here. And the Raiders have lost back-to-back games after beating the lowly Broncos on opening weekend. Uh, I wonder if Josh McDaniels is another guy who could feel his seat warming up. Um, it's been a very unimpressive start to his Raiders tenure since was last year, his first year in charge. I believe so. And and as you mentioned, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the concussion protocol, and Brian Hoyer is the backup there, so he would be in line to start if he can't go. He's still in the league? <laughs> yeah, I looked it up because I had no idea who the backup Taking the Chargers. Yes, I have the Chargers pulling this one out, saving Brandon Staley yet again. And rounding it out, we got the two matchups between the winless teams, Broncos at Bears. I don't even have a pick for this one. I don't even want to make a pick. The Broncos it like pick. a lose-lose. After getting a 70-burger dropped on them last week, the Broncos are favorites on the road to win this game, which is all you need to know about the state of the Bears. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a post making fun of them. Like, how bad do you have to be when you get 70 points and you're still a favorite to win? <laughs> I'm actually going to take the Bears. I think Justin Fields can start getting things back on track a little bit. As much as people are, like, ripping on him, the amount of passes I've seen, and I haven't even watched. I mean, if he stopped throwing the football at the back of his players' heads, well, he'd probably okay, but, be fine. Well, if but he what I'm thinking, to not hold on to the ball for six seconds, they'd probably be having more completions. Would also, I don't know if you knew this, because apparently the Bears did. They do have DJ Moore. Well, even when he throws it to DJ Moore, he drops it. That's what I saw happen multiple times in that Chiefs loss, that debacle of a game last week. It's like when you finally he gets the ball out on time, it's an accurate throw. I, I guess DJ Moore was just so surprised, probably, that he didn't know. Oh, my it. God, the ball made it to me. <laughs> All that being said, uh, I I don't feel good about it, but I'll take the Bears. This game is fast. I'm going to take Denver. I, I think they have to make a statement after this. Like, the Bears are a train wreck, and they know what they are. Denver has to make the statement of this isn't us. 
Yeah. And after that, I don't think Sean Payton had a very pleasant locker room talk. Oh, I, I can't imagine what it was like in that locker room. Yeah, okay. And then at least that one's a little bit interesting. That's why I have it slightly ahead of this game, which I put last place in the watchability index. The Vikings at Panthers. Um, Panthers might be getting Bryce Young back. I mean, that might be worse for them, honestly. Dalton looked really good last week. Uh, they lost, but he <laughs> Dalton put up big numbers. Uh, in terms of Minnesota, their season is already kind of slipping away. We both picked them to win the division. It has not gone that way early on. I would call this absolutely a must-win game. The biggest issue has been the defense, as we touched on. And they're probably hoping that it's Bryce Young in at quarterback, uh, the rookie. Either way, there's a real lack of playmakers on the Panthers' offense. One thing Minnesota can do is pile up the points. So I'm picking the Vikings get their first win. I have the Vikings winning this one. They are going to be one and three. Like you said, it's a must win. They got to right this ship now because they cannot keep this going. And it sucks for an offense that's actually putting points on the board and accumulating yards for the defense to turn around and give it all back. Yeah, poor, poor Kirk Cousins. He's doing literally all he can. All right, quick break. Back with the fantasy corner. Yes. Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. And we're back in the Fantasy Corner. Mike and Matt on the 2 and football. First, we'll recap a week three in which I got my first win. Congratulations. I lost. Okay, I'm back. Um, thank you. Yeah, very exciting to get in the win column, even though it was very uninspiring. I did break 100 points for the first time, which is not saying much in our league where people regularly drop 130, 140, but whatever. I, I happened to play the second worst team in the league, so or the actual worst team, so I got a win. And you yeah, actually, wins a win. Wins a win. Uh, you lost, though, even though you scored more than me. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was frustrating, but I feel much better this week. Oh, why is that? Is it because well, of your opponent? It's our favorite, what, this happens twice a year? I think so. I mean, I'm the commissioner, so I usually mess with the schedule to make right. sure. I would I, ask our commissioner if he knew, but that's I'm not going to get an answer. I mean, it's the same schedule as last year, so did we play each other last year or twice? I, who can I remember? Don't, that was last year. You think I remember? <laughs> I don't remember last week. <laughs> but, yes, it is. Either way, this is one of maybe two meetings. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, one of at least one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very exciting uh we're both one and two now going into this head-to-head matchup uh you've definitely scored a lot more points than me on the season as a whole but in any you know that's what they say any given sunday right anything could happen um you are favored by six points right now in the espn app for no, 10 10 did you change something uh yes i put in gerald everett instead of Jason hill uh, With Mike Williams out, I picked up Gerald Everett. You're benching your your boy, your favorite player, Taysom Hill. As I can love players all day long, but I'm going to use logic when it comes to fantasy football. Speaking of logic, I have to choose between Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield for my QB two. I Probably. feel like that's a no brainer, but you know what? That's me. <laughs> it is a no brainer. I'm going with Jameis. <laughs> is that what you meant? 
I mean, if he throws for 400 yards, that might offset the four interceptions he'll throw. Exactly my thoughts. <laughs> and it's a revenge game. He'll be motivated. I think we're all going to eat W's this week. <laughs> <laughs> And then this the only other decision I'm struggling with is whether to continue to trot out Garrett Wilson in this brutal Jets offense. He I'm so he is by far my worst. I mean, besides like J.K. Dobbins, who tore his ACL, not really his fault. Um, he's been my biggest bust of a pick so far, Garrett Wilson. It took him so early, excited for what the possibilities with Rogers. Really enough, I've had issues. As much as running back may be my strength from a name standpoint, they have not really been producing. Well, well, I mean, you just got to pick the right ones, right? Like you said, James Conner had a big game on your bench last week. Well, Josh Kelly well, all right, let's, the let joint. Me, let me view what big game was. I think it was 10 points. No, it was 18. Not That's enough, I good. think, to make a difference. Better than anybody on my team, but okay. If you're going to complain about that. <laughs> um, but what's funny is I put Joshua Kelly in because Minnesota's allowed, you know, everything. Yeah. And he puts up 2.2 points. <laughs> uh, Williams yeah. for the Rams, seven and a half. Like, Nixon uh, yeah. finally performed with 13, but... The only consistent bright spots have been Geno Smith, Justin Jefferson, and Brock Purdy. Yeah, Purdy, just so consistent. It's like 250 yards and two touchdowns. No the gamble to week. wait on quarterback is always a risk in our league because we play a two-quarterback league. Right. But I feel pretty good on my picks. Yeah. And you know what I really don't like is you've got Gino in the Monday night game. I And I don't currently have anybody playing in that game, which I, I always love having someone on Monday night because anything can happen, you know. <laughs> just well, to, it just makes sure that, like, if Sunday's a bad day, you're like, well, I only need my Monday night player to put up 75 points and I win. Right. The absolute worst thing is having all your guys in the noon games. It looks like you go up by a lot of points, but then you just see your opponent come back and back and back as their guys play. And then you You go from like 120 to 100 to a 70 point lead. But then you realize they have four more guys and you're like, oh, this is not going to end well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, you know, good luck to you, but not really. And we're doing our usual bet, a karaoke bet. And which means whoever loses will come on the show next week and sing. And the song we have chosen is The Saga Begins by Weird Al Yankovic. I'm what excited. Is, about do you know what our current standings are on bets? Oh, no, I do. I do not. We should be keeping track of this. I remember you saying, God rest you, merry gentlemen, and don't stop believing. I know I did Barbie Girl. <laughs> I feel like we're either tied or I'm ahead by one. Yeah. Someone will have to go through the, the archives and uh, listen to all the old episodes to figure it out. But that would be fun to keep a running running tally. But, yeah, this is our first karaoke bet of the season. Super pumped. Uh, and once our head-to-head matchup is done, we might be talking trade next week. We'll see. I can't believe, I can't believe you proposed to me a trade the week that we're going to face off. Like, I'm not I, giving to my players. To be completely honest, didn't even know we were playing this week. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. So I was just like, I like this dude. Who's got this guy? Oh, Mike's got this guy. Huh, what do I give him? <laughs> well, I need running backs, so we can talk more um, after after this. <laughs> oh, boy. 
So that's all we got for today. Uh, we'll be back next week with the usual recaps. And also, after week four, you know what it's time for. Oh, it's my what, my second favorite segment after the Fantasy Corner. Pretender. We should get music for this. Uh, Pretender or Contender, the original one, not the Bleacher Report knockoff. So we'll do that and also recap our head-to-head matchup, and someone will be singing. So until then. <laughs> get ready for that. Enjoy the plugs. Yeah, enjoy the games, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.